You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hi, I'm Ralph Powell, co founder and CEO of Real Vision. Thank you so much for listening to the Real Vision podcast. At Real Vision, we pride ourselves on providing the best in-depth expert analysis available to help you understand the complex world of finance, business, and the global economy. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll accept my invitation to try Real Vision Plus for 30 days for just $1. Visit realvisionpodcast.com today and join us as we navigate the financial world together. Cheers. Welcome to this week's Knock on Effect. I'm Justine Underhill, and joining us is Alex Rosenberg. Hello. And we are going to take a journey today from the dollar and the rising dollar and go all the way to ice cream. Yes. And the end point is your ice cream will get a little bit more creative. The f- yeah, sure. The, the flavors, flavors will be, be more. More unusual or unexpected. Great. And so. We're going to start out with the dollar. And this is, I should mention, a more in-depth version of the video program that we produce, um, which is on realvision.com. But this is, uh, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into some of the topics we discussed there. So I want to start out with the dollar. And uh, we've been seeing something interesting happen over the past five months or so since January, the end of January. The dollar has been creeping up. Uh, It's risen about 3%. And uh, that's been actually fairly significant because it was in a downtrend um, for the past, over the past year. In other words, it's gaining value against other currencies. Right. Um, I mean, basically... A dollar is still worth about a dollar, right? Yeah, you know, 100 cents for the dollar. Okay, cool. And and so basically it just means that there's more demand for dollars than other currencies. Um, And so this is where we get to the first knock-on effect, which is that a stronger dollar has a significant effect on other countries' finances. Mm -hmm. So this gets into emerging markets, that's what we often talk about, but Mm -hmm. it's really, it's everything. So it's developing countries, frontier markets, uh, least developed nations, it's everything. Um, And so basically what we've seen is that a lot of these countries are taking on dollar-denominated debt. So as they take on that debt um, and the dollar rises, suddenly they have to pay back that debt, and guess what? They're in a little bit more trouble because Rates are rising, all sorts of other problems, and using their local currency, they have to use more of their local currency to pay back the dollar denominated. Yeah, and just to zoom out a bit, it's easier for a country to take out debt in its own currency. In other words, they, you know, you 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 use Zandadu bucks. You want to take out debt in Zandadu bucks, pay back in Zandadu bucks. That way, you're not worried about what the currency markets do. But for a lot of debt investors in you know, you know, a lot of them are in the U.S. and Europe, uh, or even in other emerging or, or developing markets. They'd rather just pay back in U.S. dollars because then they're worried that you know, as the government of Xanadu, as you get into trouble, you might you know rapidly inflate your own currency and just pay back in these 
kind of worthless Xanadu bucks rather than paying back in these sterling US dollars or ster or pound sterling itself. I guess it's confusing to say sterling dollars. But have you used the Xanadu buck? Xanadu buck, yes. Uh, it's it's my favorite way for paying back for newspaper tycoons. Oh yeah. Citizen Kane? Oh no, I thought you were gonna say pillows. Uh, your for your pillow as a service business. So you remember Citizen said. Kane? He builds the Xanadu for himself. Rosebud. Oh wow, this is a reference. You know, I did see Citizen Kane. That completely went over my head. Okay. Anyway, moving on. So as the dollar strengthens, what we were saying, it becomes more and more difficult to pay back that debt using the local currency, and this has been happening all over the world. Okay, any country that has a significant borrowing in U.S. dollar. And since we are doing the knock-on effect, we're going to go to an unusual place and to okay. an unusual country. Yeah. And that country is a very faraway island, the fourth largest island of the world. And there is a cartoon movie named after it. A franchise. A franchise. And it is the home of the lemur. So if you haven't guessed it by now... Toy Story! <laughs> no. <laughs> Madagascar! So Madagascar is one of those countries that's heavily reliant on dollar denominated debt. So two thirds of their debt um, is their, their total debt is external. And most of that is US dollars. And so according to a recent IMF report, uh, currency fluctuations are a major vulnerability for the country. So the last time that we saw the dollar surge, uh, 2014, 2015 time period, uh, that uh, was the main reason why their debt to GDP ratio spiked 10%. So mm. wow. that, that was, it had huge implications for them. So debt and government financing has actually been a particularly key issue for Madagascar um, because they've been hit really hard by several cyclones uh, 2017, in both 2017 and 2018. So with, um, in the one in 2017, or one of the ones in 2017, a quarter of a million people were, were displaced. Oh um, like farmland was heavily impacted, um, crops. Um, and so that's government financing has been affected um, in terms of the rebuilding efforts. And so they've needed to take on money to help rebuild Madagascar. Mm. And so, uh, you know, a rising dollar certainly impacts that. And that brings us to the next knock-on effect. So Madagascar has a near monopoly on one product. And that one product is the vanilla bean. Yes. So they make 80% of the world's vanilla bean. Which is incredible because it's such a small island. Well, it's the fourth largest island. In the world? Yeah. So really? A big Wait, I, I know you said this, but I, and I swear to God, I was paying attention. But yeah. it's bigger. Real? Wow. Yeah. So it, uh, I just imagine it's very tiny. I guess because it's offset with all that water, sort of an illusion. Yeah, I, I believe we have. We should look this up, but I believe it's Greenland is is on there, um, and Borneo is on there above Madagascar. So. Yeah, you wouldn't realize how big some of these islands are. But anyway, Madagascar is pretty good. Or, excuse me, pretty big. Um, and we actually have some vanilla beans right here from Madagascar. Uh, they're quite potent. Now... This smells absolutely delicious. This is a good, another good episode for smell-o-vision. Yes. So, yeah, if, if only you all could smell this. We'll get into some That's of the... That's going to be the next format. It's, it's not, not video, but you listen and you smell, you don't see. Oh, interesting. Be very popular. Yeah, I would. I would do that. Except I don't know. 
I don't, I don't like people. I, I wouldn't trust others to give me smells. Mm, okay. Yeah, I think that's a risky uh, thing yeah. to take on. See, I can, I can close my eyes, but I can't. It's hard to unsmell things. <laughs> if you're watching TV that's or true. something. True. Anyway, so um, before we get into the smells of this vanilla, um, I want to talk about what, what's been going on with the vanilla market. So okay. um, basically strong demand for natural vanilla, speculation, bad harvest, those cyclones that we mentioned, uh, money laundering, which we'll get into, um, have driven prices of vanilla as high as silver, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. It's like, well, this is as well, This is um, the second most expensive spice in the world. Brian uh, saffron? Very good. <laughs> saffron is so insanely expensive. Smart. Only five years ago, so what's more impressive is the price rise of vanilla. Uh, so five years ago, it was trading at about $20 a kilogram. Okay. Now it's trading at 515 a kilogram. Can you imagine if you would have invested in vanilla five years ago, you would have made a killing. Uh, so this, are you saying this amount of vanilla that I'm holding, if I was holding something that was the same amount of weight that was silver, it would be worth as much? Yes. Really? Yes. Wow. That's very interesting. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is, it's just, it's, Become so. Well, it's I mean, very well, potent, which is nice. You can you can use only a tiny bit of it, and it has a, a nice effect. Well, and, and what I want to get into a little bit later is the intense process that you have to go through to make it. I mean, part of the reason it is so expensive is because it's just it's an insane process. But I mean, because it is so expensive, mm -hmm. um, there's been a lot of theft. Um, so basically, thieves um, go in at night in a lot of these to a lot of these farms, and they cut down unripe vines and carry away the entire plant and then they sell those to market. Oh. So then the farmers, to combat that, are cutting down their own vines prematurely mm. to sell that. And so that's actually created, so not only do we have vanilla as the most expensive or one of the most expensive um, spices on the planet, it's also the lowest quality vanilla is selling for insanely high prices because the farmers don't want the theft and so that's the way that they combat against it. Um, and I wanted to have this quote. This is from a Time article. At the moment, vanilla thieves face three to four years in prison. As far as Lydia Soa, she's a vanilla farmer in Madagascar, is concerned, that's not enough. She wants a life sentence. You invest all your life in growing the vanilla. Stealing it is the same thing as killing someone, she says. I mean, that seems a little extreme, but it gets to the point of yeah. like, the weight. Like, these, this is... These are their livelihoods. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I thought this was actually really interesting. So uh, crime has compounded the problem. So Madagascar has a huge illicit trade in rosewood to China and Southeast Asia. Okay. So those who sell it are stuck with huge quantities of the local currency. And people don't want that lo the local currency. So a favored way of, of getting out of the local currency is to buy vanilla, which you can then sell for dollars. So it, the vanilla is also part of, you know, I mean, that, that boosts demand for vanilla because it's part of this, like, illicit trade. Hmm. Um, but anyway, um, it's not just in Madagascar that there's theft. There's actually um, a woman in Michigan was caught stealing vanilla beans from her job. Um, she was caught with embezzling more than $139,000 from the spice company she worked for. But it wasn't cash she was taking. She was taking the vanilla beans and she was um what was the, she doing with them she police she made one hell of a pudding i'll tell you that <laughs> yum no police believe that she was stealing 50 pound boxes of vanilla 
and selling them on eBay. Wow. Netting a total of $139,000. Yeah, so it, it's it, this is a global theft phenomenon. But it's interesting how it, it is what you would steal, just like some people embezzle gold from the banks at which they work. The, people, these other people. Workers embezzle, embezzle vanilla. vanilla. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I... And, it, and the other thing is that this stuff lasts for a while. Like, if you buy vanilla, you're, you're pretty much good for your vanilla. Yeah, I wonder, I mean, from this vanilla, and I want to get into the flavors in a minute, um, I do wonder, like, it's so potent, I feel like a little bit would go a long way. Yeah. Now... I used to make uh, fried rice with, like, I would just, like, chop up a little bit of vanilla bean, really? fresh vanilla bean, or it's not really fresh, but chop up some vanilla bean, toss it in with the rice. Well, I wonder, I mean, that sounds like very expensive. Uh, Fried rice. Well, yeah. it's leftovers, so it's... Okay. I'm going to spice it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so vanilla beans are the seed of an orchid. So I want to get into a little bit of the, right. the history of how it works. So it grows in, in Mexico, in the wild, um, and the flowers there are pollinated Yo, I by... I wild vanilla is, like... Next level. Oh, really? That's like even better than I this. bet. I bet if you, I bet it's extremely expensive. But if you can find some wild vanilla out there, I wonder if that has a theft problem. Yeah. Yeah. No, when I was looking online, I didn't, I didn't see any like wild vanilla marketed. What was marketed Ooh. was the uh, Madagascar vanilla. So right. that, that is that is high level, high level stuff we got here. Um, so most of the world's vanilla, as we mentioned, is now grown in Madagascar. In Mexico, I, I want to make it clear, it's pollinated by birds and insects. In Madagascar, however, those native pollinators don't exist. And so it has to be done by hand. So every flower of the orchid has to be fertilized by hand with a little stick. And so that's done. And then once you harvest the seed pods after that, then you soak each one in hot water. And then you wrap it in woolen blankets for about 48 hours. And then you put a wooden box around it to sweat. And then later, the pods are laid out to dry in the sun, but only for one hour each day. This is just, it's such a labor intensive. Yeah, it's, it's pretty insane. And it also takes many years to cultivate the vanilla plants. Uh, the vines are very like heavily subject to diseases. Uh, and so actually in the cyclone that happened, um, almost two thirds of the of farmland that had vanilla uh, was destroyed. Wow! Oh, so it, that was that was a huge issue. Um, so is, is that part of why vanilla prices have been spiking? Yes, yes. Mm. Um, and you know, it's the the process of rebuilding a lot of these farms. I mean, it's just like it takes a long time. So the, cultivating the vanilla takes years. The process of actually harvesting the vanilla takes months. So it, it's just not something that you can suddenly say, "Oh, I'm gonna grow vanilla today." Now I don't I don't want to get too far too far afield. Uh, literally, but was there vanilla at one point all over the world or all over the, the torrid regions of the world? And then it was... They tried to cultivate it in other areas, in other regions, um, because it was incredibly popular. Sure. Um, but because the native uh, pollinators, the birds and, and insects weren't there, it, it didn't survive for very long. So what it's What's done in Madagascar, they do it by hand. There's relatively low cost of labor there. Mm -hmm. And the climate is, is very good right. uh, for growing vanilla. So it's a combination of those two factors that make it, or, or why Madagascar is one of the leading Now, could producers. theoretically, because, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of putting a garden out on the, uh, the terrace. You mm -hmm. know, it's sort of like we have like a little terrace. Um, and could you, uh, could you grow your own vanilla plant and just water it every day? 
and like get one bean after like many many months. Mm, well, no, you you would it would take years to develop first, and then you would harvest it. I I don't think the climate in New York. I mean, you'd have to have a greenhouse. You'd have to have all sorts of other special. All right, there goes yeah. my there goes my side hustle. Yeah, right. you're not you're not going to become rich uh, making this. Fine. And it just it's so labor intensive. So it's not something that I think you want to spend your time doing anyway. But um, the rising cost of vanilla has led many companies to embrace artificial vanilla. So it's also pushed up prices of the fake stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to explain what the fake stuff is. So a lot of, uh, so vanilla is the plant. Vanillin, so you're the difference. Mm-hmm. We have an N on the end versus an A. So vanilla, the plant, vanillin is one of up to 250 chemical compounds that make up the flavor that we know as vanilla, okay? And so real vanilla contains all these different aromas and components. You can smell it, it smells earthy and creamy and... Yeah. Um, it's... There's definitely... Mm. It's it's a pretty amazing... I mean, it's funny because I realized once I, smell, I smelled this, it's not something I've smelled in a while. No, this is this is super complex. Like there's there's a smoky component to yeah. it. There's a sweet component to it. There's almost an alcoholy component. Do you smell yeah, that? Yeah, I mean it's confusing because if you were tasting a wine, you'd be like, ah, oh, there's a vanilla in it, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and now we're t- it's smelling yeah. vanilla, and there's a lot, lot more going on. But yeah, it, it's 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 gorgeous. It so, really it's 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 floral. It's a little fruity. It's 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 vegetal. It's I mean right. And so what people it's one of the most complex yeah. um, spices, actually, that we have. And when people use just vanillin, which is one of these, this 250, it's not it's the same. Shit. Right. It's not the same. And so um, we've come to associate vanilla with being plain old vanilla. I mean, vanilla is very popular. And so we actually have seen reports where we use it in like 1% to 2% of all the foods we produce, hmm. uh, which is actually quite a lot. Um, you, it's harder, there, there was a taste test done. It's harder to taste the difference between vanillin and real vanilla in baked goods because they're baked at such a high temperature. Where you do taste oh, the difference is in custards and, and puddings and ice cream. Ice cream is a huge aspect of it. I don't mm. want to give away where we're going. Um, but you really can taste the difference in, in the colder things. Also perfumes, um, it's used in, it's used actually in a lot of different areas. Anyway. Yeah, but, but just, just, just on that, that point about the flavors, because I think this is a really important point. Like, it's not just true vanilla. Anytime, most times that you have a, have a flavor, like you have a grape flavored, mm. you know, grape ice cream or right, you you know, know orange. It's, it's, but they usually take one component, one of the many compounds, that actually make up the flavor in the real world. And they're like, here you go, it's orange. And you're like, kind of, like this is a flavor that is in orange, or this is a flavor that is in grape, is in chocolate. But it's it's not the full ensemble. And so it's just like this really sad, you know. Well, it's funny because like in some ways, you know, it's like the, have you ever had the purple drink or orange drink from the grocery store? Purple drink? Like, isn't that like NyQuil where you mix the NyQuil no, with the... No, no, uh, it's no. Not like, that. It's the stuff that, I don't know, at least maybe this is the vestige of the 90s. It comes in like giant tubs or, you know, gallon-sized 
bottles and it's just purple. It's like sugar water. Okay. But it's apparently grape flavored. Right. Because it's one of the things that's in like one grape. I mean, right. it's like. And so that's where it's like, it, there's a market for that. And uh, like, I personally like the orange, you know, I love fake orange taste. <laughs> but yeah, to compare that to an actual orange, to compare strawberry to strawberry flavor. And so that's where people actually get confused. And it's um, it's always a little bit surprising for me because people know the difference between those flavors. They don't necessarily know the difference between actual vanilla and what uh, fake vanilla smells like. And one other point about vanillin is that vanillin, the compound, can also be found in oak, mm-hmm. oak trees. So that's why... This uh, is vanillin. Vanillin. Yes. So when you have a bourbon and it has that vanilla flavor, or actually vanilla flavor is one of the things that usually marks bourbon. It also can mark um, red wines aged in oak barrels. It's because of that compound, which is both in... And it's, that's the funny thing about these compounds. Like Now we're really getting far afield. But th- these compounds are truly in multiple things. So like vanillin, it's like you, if you looked under a microscope, you could find it in this, in this vanilla bean. Mm-hmm. You could find it in oak. You could find it in a bunch of other things. And so when people taste wine, they're like, oh, there's a bit of honeydew. It's easy to say... You know, oh, you know, these snooty wine people are just, you know, it's all in their heads. But you could actually find the same compound that's in honeydew in these wines. Right. And so that's what, um, in terms of synthetic making making the vanillin, um, they use things like wood. So actually paper mills, a lot of right. the, the, the waste of paper mills was once used to make the artificial vanilla flavor not done anymore. Um, I want to mention a few other things that have been used but not aren't used anymore is uh, beaver pelvis glands has um, apparently a very vanilla like. Yeah, to me, it's more of a no. <laughs> well, so actually at the beginning of the, the 20th century, um, chefs would use the substance. Um, and secretion that they, the beavers had is called castorium. Oh. Um, and it was actually fairly popular, not used. Beaver secretions is literally the <laughs> grossest two-word phrase I've ever heard. Yum. Well, they apparently really, it had a fruity flavor. Yeah. Because guess what? I mean, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but beavers are in wooded areas. I do <laughs> believe that actually it does have something to now do with it. Now we're really out in the woods. Um, oh, and then coal tar, cow feces. I mean, there's all sorts of bizarre things that have been used to... Wasn't coal tar that horrible movie from the 80s about... Oh, that was Ishtar. I'm Ishtar, no. So, most artificial vanilla, though, today um, is used by distilling um, resin from, from a tree. Cool. Cool. So... What resin. What? I like resin. Yeah, resin. Resinous. Isn't that a nice mm, word? Yummy. Um, and so, basically, that, that whole artificial market has been propped up as well. But, well, our, all markets are artificial because the Fed has been tamping down oh, yeah, interest right. rates. The artificial vanilla, the artificial artificial vanilla market yeah. has been propped up, and right now um, it's actually been even more intense. Specifically, so you would think people would switch from real vanilla to fake vanilla or to the synthetic vanilla, but the wrinkle here is that at the same time that this vanilla shortage is emerging. It's not like a lot of companies are switching over to the fake vanilla, and that's because Nestle and a host of other food companies in 2015 right. vowed to only use natural flavors and products. Right. And then her, so Hershey followed suit, saying that they're, quote, beginning a transition to simple and easy to understand ingredients. So this is not just Nestle and Hershey's, but it's Kellogg's and General Mills. Um, so this is part of this trend towards organic, all natural flavoring. Um, and so the price hikes hmm. in vanilla 
and this like unrelenting demand mm. um, has call, caused ripples as far away as London and New York and Boston and all sorts of um, cities where ice cream parlors are, your local ice cream parlors being affected. Um, they've actually taken vanilla off of their menus. Huh. And so um, I actually have a quote here. Okay. This is from the BBC. So they talked to this woman, Julie Fisher. She founded an artisanal ice cream uh, maker called Ruby Violet seven years ago. And she said that, quote, vanilla was off the menu in her London-based outlets for the foreseeable future because she can't afford the thousands of pounds it would cost. So this is like significant. And I was reading all sorts of stories from other vanilla producers. They're trying to scramble to figure out because they have to change their, basically how they make their ice cream. They have to change the vanilla, ingredients. Vanilla intermediaries, vanilla yes. ice cream producers. Yes. yes. Okay. And so they're looking for all sorts of products. Um, they are trying to, there are companies that are trying to develop um, other forms of vanilla that can be called all natural. Um, actually, I thought this was really interesting. So standard biotechnology involves inserting a gene from an organism into another organism, mm -hmm. but synthetic biology, which they're actually using in the energy markets. Um, oh, save it for the next one. Save it for yeah, the next one. Right. Okay, for the next knock-on effect. Well, so this entails stuff like inserting computer-generated DNA sequences into living cells. So basically creating new organisms altogether. And that, they made a major breakthrough. Um, this company called Evolva. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. They've managed to create- Not an amazing name. No. They've managed to create a compa the compound vanillin, um, grown not on a vine, but rather in a culture of synthetic yeast. And so growing it in synthetic Wait, so yeast, this is vanillin. This is still just vanillin. Yes, it's still just vanillin, but all the other vanillin is considered synthetic so this and is, not artificial. You can't call this all natural, though. Maybe it's like some natural. It's technically, but they- It's that, some natural vanillin. Because of the rules and regulations and how it's set up, this can be called all natural. All right, Evolva. Like, yeah. come on. But, but that would be huge. Right now, it's not as cost effective as it's needed to be to change the vanilla market. You know, I. Oh, I'll, maybe I should let you finish before I. I yeah, go ahead. I get into this, but I think that. So what's so interesting about this, and and we 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 talked about something similar with. Uh, how is that? You're you're putting into. I'm chewing on it. Um, we talked about something similar with. We had, we had another flavor one. Mm, this tastes really good when you chew on it. All right. Um, yeah, actually, we talked about the bug, the coconut bug. Mm -hmm. So now, what's interesting? Which is the red dye. Right. So now, what's interesting is that I think, I wish, and I wonder if this will happen. I would. <laughs> okay. You're really going, going a little ham on this uh, vanilla here. Um, I wish that instead of, you know, vanilla would be cultivated, it's cultivated in Madagascar and shipped to this woman who runs this June bug, whatever place in the UK. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she imports vanilla from Madagascar and she imports, uh, who knows, avocados from Mexico, you know, uh, saffron from Morocco. I'm just making these up. Mm -hmm. But, and then she, her job is to make the ice cream. Yes. You know, as we move toward a world where we care more about the actual components of the food and things being all natural, which is really what this all natural thing is all about. Mm -hmm. I wish that they just made that that we just let you know the Moroccan Moroccans the Madagascarians sure I'll take make I'll that. the make the vanilla ice cream 
rather than just make the vanilla. Because also it's so much better once shipping the vanilla, you lose all the flavor. You, you might as well just just make the ice cream and you know freeze it in that resin, so uh, metaphorical resin. And, and so uh, like I think we will, and I hope we do. And, and also for the sake of these you know people in Madagascar and Morocco who are making all the core ingredients but don't get to do the finishing, which is where so much of the money is made in the food right. industry. You know, I, I wish they would just finish the ice cream there. They would make the ice cream there. They would make the chocolate bars in Kenya. They would, they would you know, roast the coffee in Sumatra rather than shipping it to San Francisco to be roasted. Yeah. Uh, well, so a huge part of the vanilla market um, the farmers actually, even though it's like record high prices, they're not paid those all those record high prices. Of course not. So what it they comes down screwed. to, it comes down to middlemen. It comes down to all sorts of other things. But also, um, the companies. So Mars is actually going directly to farmers. But screw Mars. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I understand, but the, but the whole point though is that they are now paying the farmers. So it's kind of a win-win in this sense. It's not as like the utopia that you're imagining. But in this sense, um, Mars is paying the farmers or working with farmers directly, and so they guarantee a certain price to the farmers, and the farmers uh, farmers actually pay Mars and other companies about 2% above the market rate in Madagascar. And so it's, it's a win-win for both companies. You mean Mars pays farmers? Yes. Okay, I mean, fine. But I, I, just, I just think that, I don't know. I, I, in a world where it's very hard to make ice cream, to make cookies, to make cakes, whatever the hell the finished product is, then I understand, okay, we got to import this from there, this from there, this from there. But the whole point about the natural foods thing, again, is that the products themselves are important. Like the fact that this vanilla is good vanilla matters to the product. And so the next logical next step, and it is something I do think we're going to see more of, and, and we are seeing more of it, um, is for you know, the cashews to be roasted in Indonesia and for the um, the vanilla custard or vanilla cakes or vanilla ice cream to be made in Madagascar. Right. I just think right now we're so far away from anything like that happening. And especially because you do have a lock on the market from a lot of these major food producers. I mean, basically these conglomerates, um, a lot of them, there's about 12 major vanilla buyers in the world right now. That, and they control the vanilla market. Mm -hmm. And so getting away from, it's almost a, a bizarre oligopoly, I might say, mm -hmm. in terms of the, the buyers. Mm -hmm. um, moving away from that sort of setup it, it is going to be extraordinarily difficult. Um, and so while I applaud, yeah, I love the idea of what you're saying, but uh, how realistic that is, I think, is, is more difficult than the other. Okay, yeah. Maybe, I mean, it's also better for consumers like me who are willing to pay a little more for a better product yeah. because you lose so much of the flavor of the vanilla. I mean, this is good, but like, imagine like the day they finish, you know, you just, you just lose a lot when you put it in a package and you ship it and it's on a, on a train. Like this, this is why so many of our berries taste so bad. Whereas, whereas if you pick it from a farm, it's delicious. I mean, it's, it's also the way it's cultivated for mass consumption, but. Well, so you're the exact target audience that. Um, I'm, I'm the target, honestly, like, I, I joke about my folksy appeal, but I'm the target audience for every expensive food that people want to try. Like, like mate. Yeah, well, well, mate is delicious, but like 
If you want economy, like I'll I'll buy anything once, no, no matter how expensive it is, just because I'm like kind of curious. Try it out. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway. Anyway, sorry. Your face is covered in vanilla. I know. Beans, you're... Well, it's a good thing this is the podcast version. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, anyway, that does it for this week's knock-on. No, wait, wait, wait. The okay. ice cream, the exotic ice cream flavors. Oh, remember? okay. Yeah, so then what? They have like now wasabi ice creams and a lot of these um, ice cream shops are having to move towards other flavors to entice customers to come. And you know what? Oh my God, I, I wish this was not the podcast version. You guys have to see Alex's <laughs> face is completely covered with beans. But here's the thing, here's the thing. This is, the these using, you know, different flavors is actually the first step to the world I'm talking about. In other words, new, a New York ice cream maker saying, instead of importing vanilla, we're going to make strawberry, I'm just thinking strawberries because yeah. strawberries are like fresh in New York yeah. State right now. Like, instead, we're going to make strawberry ice cream because that's what we have around. I mean, this is the way food should be made. Like, I don't know. Okay, wow. I'm really getting on my high horse here. But, like, it's it's sad enough that, like, we um, reduce these incredibly complex and interesting foods down to a single flavor. That's why we say, oh, you know, he's too vanilla for me. Like, you might say to your girlfriends at brunch about a particularly, I don't know, I won't go there. But, but Plain vanilla sex is what they call it. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. And yeah. you, you, you went the final mile there. I uh, added all the value, the final mile, I guess. Anyway, um, but, but, but so the reason we say that is because the vanilla taste is so boring if you just have vanilla. Whereas this is like complicated and interesting and, and there's a lot going on. And we've moved away from enjoying our food to like, oh, let's just like, this is technically what I want, right? And so it exists, and and then and then, then to to, you know, say well, actually, I don't know. I don't. It's, I don't know. It's what the, I'm it's, to the say. it's the mass production process that sort of removes a lot of the flavor from the food. If you want a really good book on this, I would highly recommend checking out Michael Pollan's The Omnivore's Dilemma. Mm -hmm. It's a fun reading if after you finish this podcast. Um, but yeah, it's basically we lose a lot of the flavor and a lot of the taste. And so that's why we are seeing this shift towards uh, farm fresh or, you know, organically made. I know, but I hate that it's seen and I know people are going to hear me and think like, oh, my God, this guy's such like an awful hipster who, you know, hates the way Americans eat. Or like, I, I hate the way I hate that farm fresh or all natural is like a category of food rather mm -hmm. than just because we've gone so far in this horrible, horrible direction that now it's like, oh, he eats natural food. Like, I, I don't know, man. I just, I am I'm, have a lot of emotions right now. You're really losing your... Um, I'm losing my grip on... Your, on... your folksy image here. Yeah. Anyway, all right. I think that finally does it for the knock-on effect. Is that a good enough? Oh, yeah. So we got, we got, anyway, we got from the dollar... <laughs> My God, we did not have not talked about the dollar in so long. I feel like, but yeah. we got from the dollar to to ice cream. Yeah, and I got angry about food. Yeah, I think that's a good week. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we will see you guys here next week for our next episode, and you should make sure to check out realvision.com/knockoneffect where you can sign up for your 14-day free trial. That's right. You can also see the video version of this episode where. I have less vanilla in my face and get less angry. <laughs> yeah, it's a little calmer one. Yeah, okay. All right, see you guys next week.
You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.